Hey everyone, this amazing ESO Network show is brought to you by our fine sponsor, Amazon.com. Please remember to shop Amazon for all your geeky needs, no matter what time of the year it is. All you need to do is go to ESOPodcast.com slash ESOAmazon. Or click on the Amazon banner on the ESO Network webpage to go to our e-store. It's the best way to shop and the best way to support this program, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Okay, that's enough of me babbling for now. Now on with your regular scheduled show. Hi, this is Mark. Congratulations. You have found this amazingly awesome show. Chances are you're listening to it right now on whether it's iTunes or Stitcher Radio or some other mobile app that allows you to stream this amazingly awesome show to your ear holes. And I can't stress how awesomely amazing this show really is. But did you know that you can also catch the latest episode of this show on the Tangibound Network? That's right. Go check out tangiboundnetwork.com. You can look them up and you can listen to it right there. It's even mobile friendly. What more could you ask for? which means you can pull it up on your iPhone or your Android, even your Windows phone. Yeah, who has one of those? But still, point remains, you can do it. You can do it. Check it out, tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. Check it out. I'm Chris Farrell from the official GunnaGeek.com podcast, a proud member of the GunnaGeek Network, just like the show you're listening to now. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On today's episode of the PCC Multiverse, Josh and I stop by to talk the Oculus Rift price drop, Nintendo Switch sales projections, the sequel to Shadow of Mordor, the end of Hellboy 3, and will the Xbox Game Pass finally force Sony to change its much maligned PlayStation Now? Plus, the ladies from Wine, Women, and Words talk to V.E. Hewlett about her new book, Golden Dragon. The guys from the Super Bowl Station Gamecast bring up the concerns over extended Twitch streams. The What About This podcast debuts talking about objective beauty and we talked to Fit and Live from CES about their awesome fitness trackers. It's another great show we have for you on tap today because it's time for us to say welcome to the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry, that quivering blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another edition of the PCC Multiverse. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. It's truly, truly a pleasure to be back with you once again. We are available each and every Friday night, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific on the Podcast Radio Network. And if for some reason you are not able to check us out on that great network, We've got quite a few more choices for you that you can go ahead and download the podcast or stream it right there. There's the ESO Network, the Tangibound Network, the Gunna Geek Network as well, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Mixcloud, TuneIn, and Podcast.com. All of those great audio outlets, you can just go ahead and just type in Pop Culture Cosmos on each and every one. You'll find all of our episodes from the PCC Multiverse and also Pop Culture Cosmos as well. He's back again. It's Josh Peterson, the man, the myth, the legend behind Humanican Media with all the great stuff going on. How are you, my friend? Good, good. See, you can't get rid of me. I'm kind of like the Pop Culture Cosmos when you search them on the internet. They're just stuck to everything. Indeed, indeed. But it's great to have you back again for another edition of the PCC Multiverse What's going on with Humanigan Media? Uh, there's a lot going on right now, actually. It's been a busy couple of days, but the What About This podcast is now available on YouTube and Facebook. On tonight's episode, we are going to play a little bit of segment from, from What About This, so we'll definitely uh, be able to, to play that on the air for you this evening. Just a few minutes to give you a taste of what the show is going to be like. Boom, there you go. You guys are in for a treat. And tomorrow premieres the brand new episode of Ghost Toasters. So if you guys have been following that at all, you know it's a 
fake paranormal investigation show where, uh, you know, we basically, it's just a bu- bunch of characters kind of goofy. And, uh, you know, this one has got a lot of production put into it. So it's not just a, uh, you know, it's not, it's just as ridiculous as the other ones as like ridiculous funny, but it's, uh, you know, it looks a lot better. So I would definitely recommend watching it. I appreciate any, any of the views you get. Awesome. Indeed. Definitely uh, looking forward to that when it goes up, like you said, the Super Bros Station Gamescast, they're going to be coming up a little bit later in the episode as well, featuring you uh, as far as one of the three guys behind it. Um, you guys are, are coming up a little bit later in the broadcast with the, with a little bit from that as well. We also got the Wine, Women, and Words. The ladies are going to be talking to V.E. Hewlett or Viewlet about her new book, Golden Dragon. We also have one of the many interviews I did at CES. This one is from Fit and Life that I did regarding their awesome fitness trackers. But first, I wanted to make a couple of quick announcements. First off, I got an apology for... I did an Oscar snafu of my own this week when on the Monday episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos, I mistakenly said Ryan Gosling won the, the, the award when actually it should have been Casey Affleck. So I truly wait, apologize. Wait, wait, wait. This is this 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 is like deja vu. You must mistook La La Land actor for something else. That's that... correct. So it was a mistake on my part. Well, you didn't catch it either. So that's what uh, you know. You no help on there, man. What's up? With I was just that? caught up in the thrill of the Oscars. You know, that's the most exciting night of the year. You just get to we get to gather around the television, listen to celebrities talk about politics and you know, wear clothes that we'll never be able to afford. I just got too caught up in the moment. I'm sorry. No, fair enough. We also wanted to announce our newest sponsor, Always Green, Synthetic Turf, and Putting Greens. Yeah, we, uh, we're, he's uh, decided to come on board, help us out a little bit. Uh, and, and, you know, we'll be advertising him quite a bit. And we are super appreciative. So if you are in the SoCal area, please give Oscar a call. Well, they're going to hear the ad right here coming up in the show. And if you are in the Southern California area and you are looking to go ahead in a way to beautify your home even better and also make it more practical, more fun for the kids and the pets. And if, well, if maybe if you're a golfer, want to work on your punting green in the backyard a lot, you want to always check out Always Green Synthetic Turf and Putting Greens because I'm telling you what, they do a great job if you check out their site, agsgrass.com. And then last but not least, we wanted to announce a contest. Again, we mentioned it briefly at the end of our Monday show, but if you like our Facebook page at Pop Culture Cosmos, that's Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. If you like it from any time you hear this right now, going uh, here in March to up to March 18th, at 11.59 p.m., so just before the 19 strikes. If you go ahead and like our page, Facebook page, at Pop Culture Cosmos, you are in the running for a grand prize of a copy of Mass Effect Andromeda. So we're giving away a copy of Mass Effect Andromeda. It's going to be shipped to, to a lucky resident in the continental United States that goes ahead and gives us a like on, on Facebook at Pop Culture Cosmos. So I want to thank Josh, for coming up with the idea on that. So definitely looking forward to indeed. So it's going to be a, another great program. Like I said, we got a lot of great things on tap, but let's get into it right now when we talk about the Nintendo Switch, because if you're listening to this, you've already gotten probably a taste, whether either it's video, watching, or even playing the unit itself. The Nintendo Switch is now out in the wild for everyone to see, hear, taste, and feel, and all that good stuff. And, and with it comes expectations in regards to sales in regards to to how well it will connect with audiences and i know over the past few weeks we've talked with various people uh josh and i weighed in with our own thoughts about the nintendo switch and now we're looking into as far as projections made by the financial sector about the nintendo switch and well one of the most well-known analyst companies super data recently uh put out numbers that they project 5 million units to be sold by the end of the year, which to some may be a lot, but overall is not going to be a large amount of of units sold for this year as compared to the PS4 or Xbox One when they were in their first roughly nine months of actually sales as well. So so I ask you, Josh, with, with all that in play, 
and all of the things as far as the issues, the concerns, but also the good stuff because The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild has really garnered some rave reviews, actually some of the best reviews of all time. Metacritic has uh, actually given it a right now in the in the high 90s and with virtually almost universal praise for the game as being a, a truly a great adventure indeed. So I ask you, is 5 million units... Is that something that, that's a little bit short-sighted on Super Data's part, or is it something that might be right on the money or even a little bit higher than what you expect? I don't know. I Honestly, like, I don't think that the Nintendo Switch is going to sell as well as people are predicting it is. Because, yeah, they have Zelda. It's it's just it's one game. But there's like I know a lot of people who had it pre-ordered, and they went out, when they heard about the lack of virtual console, they went out and they sold their pre-orders. So it, I don't think that's going to, I think it's going to sell a lot and we'll see like come holiday season, maybe there'll be like a price drop or something. But right now I don't think that, uh, I think people are interested in it, but I don't think like you're going to be getting a lot of like Sony and Microsoft console fans over to purchase that many units because you really need to take an audience from those two consoles and bring them into Nintendo for that to, in order to reach those types of numbers. I'll say this. I have not been, again, I've I've said this on many occasions, but I've not been the most ardent Nintendo supporter over the years. But I am actually very happy that the Nintendo Switch is getting a game, at least right off the bat, that people are going to remember for a long time to come and very favorably as far as The Legend of Zelda is concerned. And It's not that I'm, like, not happy about it. Like, it's just... I personally, it's not enough for me to go out and want to buy one. Myself as well, because it's not only just one game has to be able to be more for me to buy a system. And then also at the price tag involved, it makes it even harder for individual gamers out there or the casual audience to to get it. Because we were talking last week, you know, to, to DJ Medina and also I was talking to Wayne Fernandez and I've talked to you as far as 400 450 the price tag goes to almost $500 when you need to buy the necessary accessories and games to actually support your buying the actual system itself. Now, the system, the Nintendo Switch, uh, reviews have come in that it's a work in progress, but they see the potential in the unit itself being something that long-term could make out better than the Wii U by a substantial margin, which is very promising indeed. There's some issues and concerns and problems with it now, but it looks like if they give Nintendo time that they will be able to fix it, hopefully rather quickly. I think they should have waited maybe to holiday this season. Maybe that extra six six months might have garnered them a little bit better as far as the overall system is concerned to give them a larger launch lineup and then also would have given them obviously the uh, Legend of Zelda, but also would have possibly even given them Mario as a launch title as well. But that that's... Neither here nor there. The game and the system is out in the wild, so we truly uh, hope for the best for Nintendo on that. I really think it's going to maybe do a little bit higher than 5 million units. Personally, I think that that it will catch on at least a little bit as far as name value is concerned. I think that right now The Legend of Zelda is going to go a long way because it's getting so much universal praise, so... We'll see come August, September, October, the kind of support it gets and also the MPD numbers if they're going to be backing it up. So it's definitely something we want to stay tuned indeed, and we'll be checking that out constantly and providing you updates as that goes along. So coming up after the break, we got a great show lined up for you again, like I was saying. First off, we're going to start off with the ladies from the Wine Women Awards and then we got a lot of great stuff to talk about ourselves and also mix in a lot of the great things that is pop culture, cosmos, and the universe, including humanity media and all that. And we truly appreciate you listening. Before we head on out to our break, any last thoughts, Josh, on the Nintendo Switch? Yeah, uh, it's it's a really cool console. And, you know, I'm sure people are really excited about it. But my big concern with it is that just because it's so underpowered, I, I'm afraid that, like, when E3 rolls around, when these new games and holiday season drops and all these new games start coming out for Xbox and PlayStation, the real like question here of the Nintendo success is going to be, are people going to be still interested enough in the in an underpowered console 
to set aside the games on these higher power consoles to go back and play them. That's just that's going to be the 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 predictor of how well this, the Switch does in the long run. Those are definitely good points indeed. So I have to check out and keep that eye keep an eye on everything because the Project Scorpio also coming out later this year, which will be the most powerful console unit on the market. It definitely will garner some interest from hardcore gamers as well. So we'll be definitely uh, keeping an eye on that. want to thank you for tuning in. we got a great episode, so stay tuned right here on the PCC Multiverse. We'll be right back. Hey, everyone. If you're in the Southern California area and are looking for the best way to improve your home, look no further than adding some always green synthetic grass today. Whether it's creating that awesome backyard that's kid and pet friendly or that punting green to work on your golf game, Always Green provides installation and landscaping with only American-made products such as their famous synthetic turf with advanced drainage technology and backed by a 15-year warranty that will have your yard looking great for a very long time. Always Green also installs retaining walls, custom lighting and driveways, and the most beautiful stone walkways. So if you live in the Southern California area, what are you waiting for? Financing is also available, so call for a free estimate today. 714-614-7814. That's 714-614-7814. Or stop by their store at 16772 Wanda Circle in Huntington Beach and get your home looking great with Always Green Synthetic Turf and Putting Greens. A proud sponsor of Pop Culture Cosmos, Humanican Media, and the PCC Multiverse Channels. consider this mainly a love story between, or not mainly, but, you know, a prevalent story arch is the love story between Thorpe and uh, Miriam, or as some people would like to consider it a love triangle between Dashwood, Thorpe, and Miriam. Um, but your your book is really about empowering women. There is a lot of strong, <clears throat> strong female characters, even the golden dragon is a fierce woman that you really don't want to mess with. Um, Did you go into your story with the intention of creating a really strong cast of female characters? Yeah, I did at least for the protagonist. So for this book, I wanted, I wanted a female protagonist and I wanted, I wanted her to be an ordinary woman. You know, I didn't want to give her, um, superpowers or have her be a real Laura Croft, Tomb Raider type of character, although she people love it. those characters, you know. And, and in fact, I had a reader comment on one of my one of my uh, my first novel that ha- it has sort of has a dual protagonist again, but the main protagonist is male, and then he ends up hooking up or eventually marrying a Spanish-American woman. And I had a reader tell me that I had missed a real opportunity to make her a kick-ass heroine. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is, it, if you're going to do historical fiction, it's got to be kind of realistic. <laughs> <laughs> and so to have a woman character, you know, beating up men and being super aggressive and... Um, warrior-like is not very realistic for early 19th century. Uh, so, you know, I, I did want a female protagonist, but I wanted her to be relatable as an ordinary woman that sort of uses her wits instead of uh, ability to fight. Crunk um, is more the character, the warrior character. Um, but it, it was intentional that... that uh, you know, I, I'm interested in certain things, and that's what I want to write about. I'm interested in social justice, 
in um, gender equality and gender roles. Uh, so these are the things that I want to write about, but I, I hope to do it in, in, if you will, a lighthearted way. You know, I don't want to be super serious. In fact, I don't want to be serious at all. <laughs> For the most part. I got, I got well, I found Miriam to be a role model. I, I really, you know, reading through, I think she is definitely a role model, especially for um, Middle Eastern girls where you have this character that they could get behind who um, she's strong, she's independent, she's kind of bucks the system a little bit, but yet she still carries so much of um, her culture with her and she still honors her culture without having going too far into the religious aspects of it. So, I, yeah, I, th- I think you managed that. Oh, good. Yeah, I, <laughs> I wanted to, you know, have her be a person of integrity. Uh, mm-hmm. Not not terribly religious or, or, or terribly, um, you know, stuck within the the role that she thinks that women should should be in. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, those, those were intentional themes in, in the book, but I hope that a lighthearted tone comes through. Catch the Wine Women and Wolves podcast each week on YouTube, TuneIn, Podcast.com, and on Google Play. I know we got the bad news recently. So Guillermo del Toro unfortunately announced that due to issues with maybe the script, maybe the way the uh, it was coming up together, maybe what the studio's expectations, I believe it was the studio expectations on the budget, I think was the last thing I read on it. There will no longer be a Hellboy 3 in production. And I want to hear your thoughts on Hellboy 3 as far as did you have hopes for, were you interested in the series? One and two were pretty good, but they were not earth-shattering enough for me to to watch more than than you know maybe one or two times, and then that's it. But it didn't leave an impressionable mark on me. What are your thoughts on Hellboy one and two? I, we, we've talked about Hellboy before. You, that's my favorite comic book. Like I've, I've you know, that, and I like the first movie. I like the second movie. They're not movies that I keep going back to. I'm like I feel like watching a movie. I'm gonna throw Hellboy in there. But it they they entertain me enough. But um. It's, I, I don't know, something about it, like, it's, we, we kind of, they, they had this beautiful world, they have this great, like, this, this great story, and they didn't really utilize it to its full potential, and Guillermo del Toro is, he's an excellent filmmaker, but he's just, I, I don't know, I think that's what kind of drove people away from it, is that there weren't a lot of, like, ways to tie the story together, but at the same time, it's, they left at number two on a cliffhanger and people wanted to know what happened next. And I think up to a point we were, the fans were okay with not having a Hellboy three because it, it had kind of been bashed for a long time, but not bashed, but it had kind of been like shot down by Ron Roman, Guillermo del Toro, Mike Manola. They had already discussed that it's not going to happen and people were okay with that. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, Guillermo del Toro was putting those tweets up, taking a poll saying, all right, um, we're going to try to get some momentum behind this. And then, you know, fans, all of a sudden fans are like, yes, we want this. And then and then, it, then it end up happening. It was because of the, um, they couldn't get any studios to bite. I guess maybe it was the budget, but, uh, you know, it's, and that, that's another thing I don't understand is there have been worse movies made for more money. So I think that like they kind of owe it like it's be he said the budget was beyond Kickstarter uh, capabilities, but you know I feel like studios kind of they created it, so they kind of owe it to the fans to let us see how it ends. But at this point, it's just not going to happen. And, and that's a shame. That's a shame indeed. So I definitely feel that for for you for obviously not not coming on. I like it. It was pretty good as far as films, but they were just not. Not leave with me leaving a lasting impression of the universe, although it was you know unique in its own way. So, do you think it's dead for sure? Do you think at some point in time they might actually revive it again? I, I, I'm pretty sure they'll probably revisit it in twenty, thirty years, anyways. There's potential to make it into a good franchise, but they just need to 
garner get more people interested in it. I don't know if maybe that means Dark Horse needs to do some better marketing for the character, maybe cross it over into DC or something. It, there's, uh, you know, I'm not a marketer. I don't, I don't know these things. But I, I, I personally love Hellboy, and I would have loved to see a third movie. But at this point, it doesn't look like it's going to happen. If you have thoughts on Hellboy 3, just let us know. Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. Pop Culture Cosmo on Twitter. Mannequin Media on Facebook and PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? If you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games, we can help. Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only five minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games. And we're back with the PCC Multiverse. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We want to truly thank you for listening. I'm here with my good friend, the man, the myth, and legend behind Humanican Media and also Pop Culture Cosmos, it's Josh Peterson. I want to talk about the Oculus Rift. So they recently cut the actual unit uh, itself, the Oculus Rift, and also the the hand controllers. They've also cut those as well, the Oculus Touch, $200 price cut. So I ask you, when you see a dramatic price cut like this, what are your thoughts in regards to how Oculus is now handling the situation and the virtual reality market as a whole when you see some red flags thrown up like a big price cut? I think they overestimated their market a little bit because people, while VR is a cool concept, but what, what was it at um, that E3, Microsoft's demo, was it a- AR, I think it was called, when she had the Minecraft up on the table and all that? I think that people are more interested in something like that as opposed to, you know, having the augmented, the, rea- the augmented reality, correct? Yeah, yeah, the augmented reality. But I feel like people are more interested in that concept than they are the VR because it's like, um, you know, you can't at, at the at the end of the day, you're just you're paying a whole lot of money for something that doesn't really, you know, there's not really any like great games on there to play. And like, even the ones that you can get across console, why are you going to play something, you know, in your head when you just sit down on the couch and play it? For me, I think that VR is kind of like motion gaming. Everyone was like really stoked on it at first. And then it just kind of, they lost interest in it. And I think that's what's going on with Oculus. I could be wrong though. What, what are your thoughts on it? Is this a sign that they want to get out of the marketplace with uh, Oculus Rift and maybe trend into something else? may be a sign, uh, you know, trying to make it more attractive to consumer audiences, but it doesn't seem to be going well. Seeing a dramatic price cut like this so soon in the virtual reality wars tells me that that the virtual reality signs that maybe outside of a certain instance with PlayStation VR that, that sales are not being met as far as at least for Oculus Rift. What are everyone's thoughts out there on virtual reality or anything else that we're talking about? You can just send us a line popculturecosmos at yahoo.com or you can also send us a tweet at popculturecosmo on twitter and also you can go ahead and send us a message through our facebook page and if you like our facebook page popculturecosmos from now until anytime 3 18 17 p.m you will be eligible to possibly win a copy of Mass Effect Andromeda. So you got to check it out. You can always send us a message there. All right. Thanks again for, for being a part of the program. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. I'm here with my good friend from Humanican Media. It's Josh Peterson. Uh, a little thing came out the other day um, as far as uh, got leaked by a, a, well, one of those international retailers, as it always seems to do. The listing was for a Shadow of War, which claims itself to be the sequel to Shadow of Mordor. 
So your thoughts on Middle-earth Shadow of Mordor itself, did you like it? Did you enjoy it when it came out? Was it something that, that you think a lot of people were, were very interested in at the time? It garnered a lot of awards, of course. And is Shadow of War something that you're going to be playing when it comes out here in the near future? Yeah, that game was weird for me because I played it and I really liked it. And I was almost at the ending. And then something else came out and I wanted to play that too. Because I think I had to write a review for Game Source. And then somebody borrowed the game from me, and then I it just kept getting passed around. I never got it back, so I never got to play the ending. But it was it was a lot of fun. I mean, you can't really go wrong with a Middle Earth game. Like there there aren't maybe there's like two or three that have ever been made that are truly awful. But there's for the most part, they've always been pretty fun. Like I remember playing uh, Lord of the Rings: The Two Towers on the original Xbox, and I just sat there because it, it felt like. Um, not uh, it felt like one a, a dungeon crawler to me. It kind of was a dungeon crawler. So I Two just... Towers was really good. Not all the Lord of the Rings games have been good. There was one that was released afterwards. Uh, I forget what it's called, but that one wasn't very good. But Two Towers was a lot of fun. Two Towers was fun because you could sit there and you could play four players locally with whoever's like just hanging out on your couch, and you guys could you sit there and you power up your guys like that is gaunt. It's like, it reminded me of Gauntlet Legacy, Gauntlet legends and all those like i really love those ga- those types of games so it was good it was fun it reminded me of like a mixture of like devil may cry and god of war in terms of like gameplay and you had like this big open world what i didn't like about it was the fact that whenever you lost in battle the dude who kills you would keep getting stronger until he was like pretty much impossible to beat that was the nemesis system which was very unique at the time it was very unique, but oh, it was it, and it was it was fun at first. I'm like, oh, you know, okay, this, this is kind of cool. And then by the time I like was killed by the same guy twelve times, and I'm like, oh, I'm never even gonna kill that guy. Why am I even trying this? It had a lot of elements of like all the games that were popular at the time. You had like your Assassin's Creed in there, and your uh, you know your Final Fantasy. It was it was a really really good game, and everyone who borrowed it from me that and I never got it back from they all said that it was a really great game too, and all the reviews were stellar. So, I'm I, yes, I will play Shadows of War, and I really want to finish the first one. I, I just I hope is there a way? Do you think that they will be able to recapture that magic though? I think they'll be able to recapture much of it. Whether or not it's going to be a game changer like Shadow of Mordor remains to be seen. It's coming out August 22nd, according to what the leaked photo and information that was provided on NeoGAF. So we'll have to wait and see. But I, I'm not sure they're going to be able to strike lightning twice, if that makes sense. I think there's going to be it's going to be a real solid game because they're going to take the basics and maybe a little up it, up the ante a little bit. But that nuance of being able to play a game like that for the first time, which it's not a problem by me because that's still going to be a very very good game. So when we return. This man is coming up again with his good friends of the Super Bro Station Gamecast. They're going to be talking uh, Twitch streaming and the health concerns that, that people should have about those long streams. And we're going to, those guys are going to talk about it next right here on the PCC Multiverse. Rob McCallum Films is back in 2017 with a vengeance. This year, we're set to release Power of Grayskull, the definitive history of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, which chronicles the ultimate 80s billion-dollar franchise, Masters of the Universe. See exclusive interviews and hear untold stories from the people responsible for creating the world of Eternia, a place full of magic and science, and learn about the craft of creating action figures and animation. Power of Grayskull drops this year and is just one of our many projects at Rob McCallum Films. something stupid and I don't agree with his actions but I'm still his friend and then people online are like are bashing those people and saying you're backstabbing him and like dude you know what I think it is I think that because 
because people have such sad lives and daytime TV is so bad now, this yeah. is their new soap opera. It's the YouTube like, YouTuber lives. The lives of YouTubers and like their interrelations with each other. And that's actually what I want to talk about. Not specifically that, but this YouTube personality, this Twitch personality, uh, personalities and like their content that they're producing is starting to be actually detrimental to the health. Recently this week, um, there was a Twitch person who was on a 24-hour stream. Do you know his Brian P-H-S-H-Y-B-R-I-D-E. Vignalt. Brian Vignal. Vignal, okay. Well, I, that's, I hope you pronounce his name right. If not, you're an idiot. Um, and I blame him. Uh, but anyways, Brian like passed away this week, which was really sad. He was, I think, 35, right? He's 35. And father of two children? Father of two children. He was playing a 24-hour... Uh, World of Tanks marathon to raise money for uh, the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Which is, that is a cool thing to me, but like we, one reason why I want to end on this is we try to just, we, we enjoy doing this. We all do this for fun, something that we look forward to, um, and we try to do it short. We just try to do an hour and a half, and I think some of these people, because they're doing this for their whole life to make a living, yeah. they're starting to do stuff that isn't healthy because that's how they make more money. And I just want to get your guys' opinions on, on what do you think about this? Do you think it's, it's the lack of movement that's causing people to just become unhealthy? Or uh, it's not just that. I think anytime you stay up for 24 hours is not good. I know they do that. Yeah, it's bad for your body. Yeah. Yeah. deprivation. I, he went out for a smoke break at like 3 in the morning, right? So because well, we don't know, people don't know like if he died of natural causes because the, there's detectives that are actually investigating it. Because when his he didn't die extreme then. He, he didn't die like live on the stream. When the, his stream came back on, it was a detective using his account. Oh, really? Because a detective was trying to find out like what happened to this guy. So they, nobody really knows if, it, if he died of just natural causes or his body shut down or if somebody did something. So, well, the, there is at least a very good possibility that it was natural causes and his body shut down because you always hear the stories of like, the dude that checked himself into a computer, yeah, in computer Korea, lab in yeah. Korea or something and just died. Like, you know, I'm ready to die. I'm just going to play games until I'm dead. So there's probably something that happens. I mean, when you're sedentary, something that happens if you have bad habits of smoking cigarettes, drinking Mountain Dew and eating Cheetos yeah. constantly <laughs> while staying up for 24 hours. Gamers. I'm sure, I'm sure that all of, like, a combination of all of those things. Like, I've, I, you know, I've played games not for 24 hours, but I've played eight hours of games in a day before and I feel terrible when I do it. Yeah, you can go outside. You have to get up and do something. Like, you can't. And I think, I mean, that's the same, you know, there, maybe there's something that happens like with like visual, like maybe like the whole like concept of like that interaction maybe it does something that we're not aware of because people sit on their, sit, like sit down all day at their cubicle jobs and you know, people don't die every day. Yeah. Obviously that lifestyle is unhealthy because humans weren't, you know, made or evolved to do that, but, um... Well, there's actually laws in place that nobody probably uses because companies would probably fire you if you did use them, but you're supposed to take... Like every 10-minute break every hour. Yeah, or yeah. something like that. It's, it's bad to look your shit. Yeah, so the bottom line is capitalism. Yeah. <laughs> but no, because people like, like this guy, he's going to stream yeah. 24 hours because the whole point of streaming is to have more followers, and you have more followers by beating everyone else. It's yeah. like the same thing that Uber's doing, where their employees are, played, are paid nothing and their rates are so low because they're going to undercut everyone. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's just like that. And it's the same thing with like game development companies, with movie like studios. It's like we have to constantly, we have to have more products out there to beat the competition. Yeah. It's all mentality. It's just everywhere. It's, it's weird that this happened when it did because I had a conversation with someone. We were talking about how. Like the retirement, uh, like retirement programs were so fill, filled with so much money because they businesses only expected people to live like two or three years after they retired because they would stop doing things. But <clears throat> then he this he brought a point up to me. He's like, so do you think with video games that our minds are going to be active, and so we're not going to to basically that's not going to be true because we're going to be our minds will be active. And, you know, we'll get up to use the bathroom or whatever. But like, I think what this shows with, the, with this Twitcher is that he. It's, that's not true. Like even if we retire and we just sit there and play games all day, you're still, you know, your health is still an issue. Yeah, I, I think anytime you do this type of stuff where you do 24-hour streams, even for good causes, you are risking something that there's no need to risk. Like, like Eric was mentioning, there's a race to the bottom in terms of like, hey, what is everybody going to do to make a dollar that's unhealthy? 
And then for something like this where he's doing that for a good cause, which is great, the idea is it shouldn't be 24-hour streams. Nobody needs to watch him play games for 24 hours. Oh, yeah. It could be a 12-hour stream. He would probably still be able to help this company. And Or like a, a great example of these things done well is, uh, what's it called? Awesome Games Done Quick. Yeah. Uh, AGW, Awesome Games. AGDQ, right? Um, and that's a like a 24-hour stream, but most people are actually only a part of it for an hour. Yeah, the hour or two. Switch, yeah. And it's it's a great idea because they raise. I, I don't know if one of you guys bring up, want to bring up the total real quick before we head out, but uh, they make millions and millions of dollars for Doctors Without Borders every year, and it's it's really cool. The people love it, and it's not one guy who's going to kill himself pretty much from doing this. So for me, this is just like a wasted life, a wasted life that a family and needs to suffer for. Yeah, I hope, all the, I hope all the charity money that he was earning by that stream just goes to his family Yeah, because they're going to need it. And, yeah. it, and it's just, I mean, there's no pension for Twitch streamers. There's no, you know, like, hopefully he had life insurance and hopefully he gets that, his family gets that money because, yeah, it's, it's a bummer. I don't think he intended to hurt his family this way, but it's just another good reminder of, like, while games are great, we don't need to put our bodies at risk just to make other people entertain their ass. Yeah, games can be good and healthy in a lot of ways. Yeah. Just like eating you can be stress you eat for 24 hours yeah. straight, you'll also die. They've raised $10 million for Doctors Without Borders and the Prevent Cancer Foundation. Awesome Games Done Quick is a great example, and I feel like a lot of people don't want to do that because, like, well, let me just do my 24 hour stream and I'll make more money than the last 24 hour stream. And I'll be the best 24-hour It's the Super Bro Station Gamecast on the Humanica Media and Pop Culture Cosmos Facebook pages, YouTube, and iTunes. Up next, it's our CES interview with the folks from Fit and Life. All right, and we're back once again at CES 2017. We're at the Fit and Life booth. Uh, once again, I'm here with Chris and Chris. How are you guys today? Doing great, thanks. How are you? Good, good. So tell me about the wonders of Fit and Life and how it can help you know, people out there become a little bit healthier, and in fact, a lot, a lot healthier as far as that's concerned. So tell me all about what you guys are doing at Fit and Life. Yeah, so Fit and Life, um, basically you can purchase one of these bands and then you download an app onto your smartphone and then on that app you'll be able to track your movements okay. um, and it's actually the most sophisticated technology out there because okay. it tracks 32 times per second okay. so instead of just tracking your steps it's actually tracking your entire movements okay. so for example you could wake up in the morning with this on and check your smartphone and see that you burn seven calories in your sleep. Okay. So it's always continually tracking uh, what your movements are. So which uh, Fit and Life products are as far as concerned? Uh, is there any styles, colors? Is there uh, different models to choose from from the Fit and Life uh, library as far as it's concerned, for yeah. lack of a better term? Uh, stable, I should say, maybe? <laughs> yeah, so we have the Life 45, which is the, a small rectangular unit, which you can have. So right there, okay. That's the, uh, the most economical one that we have. That's very... Simple, very cheap. Uh, it's fifty nine ninety nine. It's our cheapest option. It lasts up to forty five days without no charging. Very easy to use. Very convenient. We have an app that you can download along with this, and that keeps track of all your. Is that I, uh, app for iOS and also Android as well? Correct. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, no Windows. <laughs> uh, sorry, Windows phones. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. I know that's with everybody. It's a Windows phone. Oh, because we do have a, every now and then. I'll ask Windows phone. Windows phone. So. Oh, yeah. That's actually the band, and it comes in three different straps. Um, that is actually, I believe that's the sports band? Or I think this is the silicone. The silicone, yeah, which is the second cheapest option right after the Life 45. Um, that is actually at $69.99, I believe, and it goes all the way up to $99.99 for the luxury bands. Okay. So, so what, as far as the differences, as far as what they track, uh, when you go up in price range, what, what are the basic differences as far as what are they doing uh, as opposed to, let's say, the 59 to the 69 to the, you know, as far as higher models are concerned? So they actually all track the same things. It's just a matter of really the... Uh, how the band physically looks. Okay. So this is just the material of it is silicone. Then okay. the next one up is the leather, and then the one after that is the premium leather. Okay. So, um, but they basically they're measuring how many calories you burn, how much fat are you burning, how many steps do you take, um, and it's just yeah, creating very accurate data for all those. So where can somebody find out more about you know more about what we're talking about here today with Fit and Life? Yep. So more information on fitandlife.com. That's fitandlife.com. Okay. And then we expect to be rolling out to Amazon, Best Buy, and major retailers. So that's Fit and Life, 
Chris and Chris. I just want to say thank you so much for being a part of the interview today. Uh, it's truly a pleasure. And like I said, I wish all the best to you and the team at Fit and Life. And uh, like I said, I uh, can't wait to give one myself to go ahead and make sure I'm doing the best I can to provide good health. So thank Thanks you. So Thanks, Harold. Up next, it's the debut of What About This from Humanican Media. All right, episode one, this is What About This. Uh, I'm Keith, Travis, Ryan, Kyle. Kyle's going to tell us about it, our sponsor for this episode. Yeah, What About This is brought to you by Always Green Synthetic Grass, uh, serving the greater Orange County area with all your synthetic lawn needs. Shout out to Oscar. Make sure you check them out at agsgrass.com. I feel like beauty has to be subjective because if beauty is objective, then it opens up way too big of a realm for other things to be objective as well, like like taste and things like All right, that. So here's, okay, so here's the deal. So, so my whole thing is, and, and you guys you guys know this, is I think that there's such a thing as objective beauty. So for example, is um, and here's kind of the illustration that we going on a couple months ago is the Victoria's Secret fashion show, right? And so these are supposed to be like the most beautiful women in the world. And so the point being is that they're all beautiful. They're all beautiful and no one can argue that. And whether you could see it or not, whether you could see it or not, it is, is irrelevant. Right, but those girls, whatever, are objectively beautiful based off of the standards of our culture that, that we have decided, hey, this is beauty. So the interesting thing about that, in my mind, is what if you took those same girls and put them in a different time or a different place, different country even right now? Would everybody go, yes, objectively beautiful? Or, or would they say, no, I don't, that's, not, that's not what beauty looks like to me. So to me, that makes beauty subjective. Mm-hmm. That's, and, that's where I am. Yeah, but the, but see, so so here's so here's the point. The point is is that so you have whether it's fashion or music. We'll take like Kanye West is objectively good. Jay Z is objectively good. That is an objectively good according song. to who? Right. According, no, that's, it just, of course, no, but you can't say that. You can't say like Kanye West is objectively good because because we're back to we're back to palette now. That if I. If I don't like rap music, you'll never be able to convince right, me of there's that. There's a ton of people but, that no, but so here's the thing. don't think Kanye West is good. But here's the problem with that is you're, you, you guys are really talking about two different things. You're talking about um, sort of really pleasure, and that's the guy who doesn't like Kanye West. He doesn't like rap music. But that doesn't mean that Kanye West isn't objectively good as rap music, meaning that, that you're, you're judging it on, on taste, not... Pleasure and taste and pleasure, I think, are two different things. So now let's go even a step further. You're saying that he is objectively good as a as a rap artist. Right. Well, now I'll scale back even further within the subjectivity. And go, well, I think that's nonsense because I don't even like rap. I don't find rap appealing. But, so but you're, talking, you're not talking about taste. Though, you're talking about pleasure. And I think but he's saying, but he's saying, is rap objectively good? Or no, is, that, is rap objectively beautiful? Because lots of right. people would say no. Okay, so, no, so there is a, so, there is an objective quality to it. There's an objective quality to the appreciation of rap. You can appreciate rap on its own terms, and you can learn those terms, and that still is objective. But doesn't the fact that some people would objectively say I don't like rap make it subjective? But they're not objective. Isn't but anytime you say I like something, you're not talking that's, about subjective. That becomes a subjective issue. That is a subjective issue, and that's the whole point. So that's why we have that. So there's five subjects. But saying. Kanye West is good is not saying I like Kanye West. Those are two different statements. Okay. Agreed. But so so here's the thing is is you can only reach and, and I feel like this is gonna come up a lot tonight. Within talking about objectivity of something like the like the like that Kanye West is a good rapper, the best that you'll be able to do, at least in convincing me, is a stalemate. To where you can go, Kanye West is an objectively good rapper. Even if you don't like rap, you can't refute that. And I'll go, I don't like him. <laughs> like, right. but, that, that's, but that's my whole point. So you kind of go, all right, so you got seven days in a week. And let's say the sun, we, we go down and we, and we see seven sunsets. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. And so what I'm saying is, is a sunset is objectively beautiful. I may just like Wednesday night sunset, and you may like Monday night sunset, but the, we're not arguing whether or not a sunset is beautiful. A sunset is right. beautiful, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you think, 
what you say, it doesn't, it doesn't matter, it just is. But when it gets in that, that's where it gets into palette, that's where it gets into subjectivity, that's where it gets into my, I, I prefer, my preference. Catch the What About This podcast on the Humanica Media YouTube and Facebook pages. We'll be right back with our closing thoughts on the Xbox Game Pass when we come back. This is the PCC Multiverse. Thanks again for joining us today on the Pop Culture Cosmos. Be sure to check us out on the Podcast Radio, Tangent Bound, ESO, and Gun and Geek Networks, or subscribe today on our iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or Podcast.com channels. All right, and we're back with the PCC Multiverse. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. You want to check out our great sponsors, indeed, with Always Green Synthetic Turf and Putting Greens. They're 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 awesome, indeed. You want to check out agsgrass.com. That's agsgrass.com. Also, Rob McCallum Films, robmccallumfilms.com. You want to check out all the latest stuff that he's got going on there. And, of course, Retro City Games on Facebook. You want to go ahead and check out everything that they've got going on because they're the leaders in gaming in Southern Nevada. Have you heard the the recent announcement by Xbox in regards to the Xbox Game Pass? I just read about this morning. I'm actually pretty stoked on it because uh, personally, like, I... I don't have like the funds to go out and buy every video game that comes out. And it's unfortunate, but that's just a fact of life. So I, I like the idea of being able to go because they're supposed to have like a huge catalog, just about quite a few like uh, Xbox 360 and Xbox One games. Well, let me uh, let me let everybody know out there. The Xbox Game Pass was announced this week as, as something that's going to be coming in the near future. The Xbox Game Pass is a nine ninety nine a month service. It's a streaming service similar to you know Netflix or whatnot. And Utomic, who've who've been on one of our shows before, um, that is going to be uh, dealing as far as. Uh, pretty much right around 100 of great titles uh, within the Xbox One library that are either backwards compatible or actual Xbox Xbox One titles that you can play off their their streaming service. So it's a little bit differentiating than what PlayStation Now does and obviously the the adding of of current Xbox One titles uh, that that have been released with the Xbox One system uh, such as Halo Five has been rumored, and and you know uh, different games from you know within recent years that have been on the Xbox One will be part of the program. It'll also alternate; uh, they'll alternate some some titles in and out on a, on a month by month basis. But your thoughts on that uh, a little bit more? I know you said you're excited to to hear that it's going to be coming and available, and as someone that that's very interested. But what do you see the future as far as what are you looking at with an Xbox Game Pass? Is this something that you're going to be able to to use quite uh, use constantly? And then, are you worried about the titles not being recent or good enough for you to go ahead and keep on a regular basis? I I honestly I don't think that they are going to put new games up there. At least not for a while. They'll let it run its uh, you know, give it a few months before they throw it up there because that would be a poor a poor marketing decision, but I, I like the idea of having access to a back catalog of games because I don't always get to play the ones that I would like to play just because I, there are so many games out now. And they, we discuss this a lot on these super bro station games cast. There are so many games out there and they literally take forever to play. So you can, you know, you, you're spending hours on these games while other games are coming out and you're missing the ones you want to play. So I like the idea of having this, the streaming service that lets you go back and play these games without having to go and purchase them because you might not like it enough to go out and spend uh, you know, 50, 60 bucks on it. So you have the option of for $10 a month, you have the option of playing it and you can download as many as you want at a time. But I think the, um, and the, you get it for a discount. I know if you buy it, if you, if you rent it, you like it, you buy it, you get it at a discount and you, uh, 20% discount, as well. 20% discount. That's a, that's, that's a bargain. I mean, that's, you know, that, that's an incentive in itself. And you also, I, I don't know what the rules are though. I know you have access to multiplayer, but only if you have Xbox live gold. I know if you're not that's you correct. single player. Yes. You can use the single player if you have the service, but if you have Xbox live with gold, you're also able to access the multiplayer of each of those games that you streamed. 
So let's say Halo 5 is on the list as far as going ahead and being able to download it. You'll be not only be able to play that wonderful campaign, which everybody loves so much, and I'm being facetious when I say that, but you also <laughs> be able to play the great, the great multiplayer if you have the Xbox Live uh, service, of course. And then they, they said it, the Xbox Live games with gold, the free games that come every month with Xbox Live, that service and that, that, you know, obvious option will be uh, still continuing and will not be will be uh, you know separate from the actual Xbox Game Pass. So I know a lot of people were were kind of interested. A lot of gamers were interested when the Xbox Game Pass announced. I know PlayStation needs to go ahead and reevaluate PlayStation now. Uh, that's that's a given because none of the titles that that they have currently uh, are from the current PlayStation 4 system that they utilize, which I think is to their detriment. And plus also the the way um, it streams, instead of downloading straight to your to your Xbox One, like the Xbox Game, Game Pass does, PlayStation Now just is like a constant stream, which can provide some latency and hiccup issues now and then. So I know that that's kind of something that they need to revisit as far as making PlayStation Now a better option for gamers because it looks like Xbox Game Pass has them one up at this point in time. And then other game streaming services, you know, Utomic that we just uh, interviewed, and there's also several others which may be adversely affected as well. I know the stock market, upon news of the Game Pass, uh, shot down uh, GameSpot, excuse me, GameStop. Their stock tumbled quite dramatically upon news uh, of the Xbox Game Pass, so even they are affected and a lot of people are are very interested to see exactly the titles that that are going to be made available on a regular basis for the system. So, any last thoughts on the Xbox Game Pass before we head on out? No, I think it's a great idea. It it'll be interesting to see how many, as you know, like you, you told me you were talking about. It'll be interesting to see how many companies going forward are going to start creating things like this because you saw once Netflix took off the streaming service, like this, the amount of streaming, like websites and apps just it you know it skyrocketed so it, it'll be interesting to see like what business uh, models take or what businesses take this model and then how yeah how it affects places like GameStop like one of the last few places around where you can walk in and physically pick up a copy of a game that's like 10 years old or from our great sponsor Retro City Games but anyways uh, sorry for the cheap plug there uh want to uh, go ahead and again just just tell everybody out there if you have not caught our monday show the pop culture cosmos show monday nights 10 30 eastern 7 30 p.m pacific it's a great program it you know it has us uh, each and every week that's our it's our main program that we've been uh going on now for months and it just seems like each show seems to be hopefully getting uh, better and better as far as you know the audience reception is concerned. So we're truly thankful in that indeed. And then again, thank our sponsors, uh, Rob McCallum Films. Uh, if you want to check out all of his great stuff and all the, the, the things that he's working on at robmccallumfilms.com. Retro City Games, again, the leaders in gaming in Southern Nevada, Retro City Games on Facebook. And then our newest sponsor, if you have, like I said, a yard that that you want to go ahead and remodel front yard, you, you want to go ahead and do some serious uh, um, re- revising and landscaping of your home and, and make it much more beautiful than it is now, you want to check out Always Green Synthetic Turfs and also Putting Greens, and they do a lot of other stuff as well, so you want to check that out. There's stuff. Have you seen the pictures? Like I've... I've I've seen some of it in real life. It actually looks really good. You cannot tell the difference between a you know their lawns and something that's real. Uh, definitely, it's it's something to check out. Indeed, if you're in the Southern California a- area, it's agsgrass.com. That's agsgrass.com, or you can check out the you know the our where we gave the information. And if you have any questions on it, you can also go ahead and and send us a note. Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook at Pop Culture Cosmos on Twitter. Or send us an email, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. And don't forget, we're doing a giveaway of Mass Effect Andromeda. Mass Effect Andromeda. You just go ahead and like our Facebook page from now until the 18th, and you'll be eligible to win that grand prize. You know, we're going to give away one, so can't give it away to everybody. We apologize, but we'll, 
I'm going to give it away fairly to one. But by entering your name, by liking our page, you, you, you have a chance to win this great prize. That's correct. You have a chance to win. And then also you're going to get all the great pop culture news that is from pop culture cosmos. And that's even better than mass effect in some cases. So yes, it's a a win-win pretty much. So before we head on out, Josh, have you got any updates again? Like I said, for people who have not checked out humanic media. Yeah. Um, Please, I mean, if you like some of the stuff that you're hearing on the Pop Culture Cosmos show, you can hear you can hear more of it from from my uh, my side of it with the uh, if you check out my Facebook page and YouTube on at Humanican Media, we have a Twitter, Instagram, you know, whatever you want to do. We have uh, you know, you can watch what about or listen listen to and watch what about this the, the Double J Filmcast, Chad and Traps, this musical show about music, uh, the Super Bro Station Games Cast, and our uh, our hit show Ghost Toasters, which. Uh, a brand new episode is premiering tomorrow on Facebook and YouTube. So please check it out. It'll be up probably around noon. And we, you know, we appreciate everything you do uh, for us, like uh, both Humanica and Pop Culture Cosmos. The more you guys follow us, the more, you know, subscriptions and likes we get. I know it, it in some cases it's petty asking for it, but the more stuff that that allows us to get into so we can keep delivering to you uh, up-to-date news on, like, all your favorite tech stuff, games, sports even. Like, every little bit helps. And it's, you know, you're not donating money. You're just giving us a reputation. So we appreciate it. And as our audience builds, also, like I said, the maybe the, well, like you said, more good stuff that's going to happen as far as more projects, more podcasts, more videos, possibly even more contests down the road. We've already done two already this will be our second one so hopefully we'll be able to do a few more before the years on out but that's all up to you so spread the word about pop culture cosmos and humanica media so once again we truly appreciate you joining us on the pcc multiverse for josh peterson this is gerald glassford we thank you so much for listening it's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC multiverse. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek, classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at esonetwork.com. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. Tangentboundnetwork.com.